Welcome to the Dental Amigos podcast with Dr. Paul Goodman and attorney Rob Montgomery, taking you behind the scenes of the dental business world, all the things you didn't learn in dental school but wish you had. Rob is not a dentist and Paul is not a lawyer, but since Rob is a lawyer, we need to tell you that this podcast is for informational purposes only and shouldn't be considered legal advice. Listening to this podcast does not and will not create an attorney-client relationship. As is always the case, you should formally consult with legal counsel before proceeding with any legal matter. Learn more about The Dental Amigos at www.thedentalamigos.com. And now, here are The Dental Amigos. Hello, everyone. I'm Rob Montgomery. I'm joined, as always, by the head nacho himself, Dr. Paul Goodman. Great to be here talking, Rob. It's good to see you, Paul, and welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Dental Amigos podcast. We are here in season three of our newly formatted uh, awesome show. Share awesome value, yeah. Yeah, our, our, uh, our show got re-upped for another yeah. another season. Lucky us. <laughs> uh, with same actors. As, good uh, agents. Last good season. agents. Good yeah. agents. Yeah, good agents, good actors, yeah. you know, good production team. Uh, and so uh, episode two uh, of this third season, we're going to talk about when is a buy-in not really a buy-in. I like it dramatic. I like it's, the drama. Yeah. And so what I'm talking about are, for lack of a better description, DSO partnerships. DSO partnerships. And this happens, I just want to share some context, a lot of the legal uh, um, expertise or fundamentals comes from Rob. I'm not a lawyer. Rob's not a dentist. Uh, but. I do get this question a lot uh, f- Yeah, as the Dr. Nacho person. Hey, I like when I get it as, hey, this XYZ DSO wants me to be a partner, Rob. And I say, oh, good, stop and talk to a dental-focused attorney first. You know, more concerning sometimes I get is, I've already bought into this partnership. I want to leave. What happens yep. to my shares? Yeah. And I say, the mere fact you're asking this to someone who calls himself Dr. Nacho may show that we are in a predicament <laughs> right now. We're in a predicament. I'm, I'm very good with nachos, implants, dentists getting along, finding jobs. But me being able to under, if you're asking me about your shares inside of XYZ DSO that you've already purchased, we may not be at the place you want to be. And, I, and I've got a problem with my car too, Dr. Yeah, Nacho. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, you, to solve all problems, yeah. please. Um, you know, and I think we used to somewhat joke about these, like we've called them partnerships yeah, with a yeah. Z on the end because it wasn't yeah. really a, a true partnership. But yeah, I mean, unfortunately, more people come to us who have signed these things than do come to us before they sign them. Um, most people that engage us to look at this stuff generally end up passing on them yeah. uh, because they don't really understand going into it, what they're getting and they're, they're not getting. As we talked about in um, in the first episode of this season, and we'll continue to revisit this, this topic, you know, these deals, any kind of partnership is just not one size fits all. It's not like, I am a partner. What does that mean? It all depends, right? right? Let's look at the document. Let's look at you know what what you've agreed to what is this relationship it's not like i bought a practice you know and so if somebody could tell me they're a partner and that that really tells me very little other than where i'm going to start the journey to start looking at documents to see exactly what it is that their yeah. partners in and then when you look at these dso partnerships uh it's not always very intuitive what people have and don't have you know and they're complicated relationships yeah. to begin with. They're complicated from a legal structure standpoint. And somebody says, hey, here are you know these 
15 documents that are, you know, literally hundreds of pages long. And this is kind of what they say. And these are sales and marketing people that are trying to recruit people to come work for this DSO and be partners. And, you know, they may not understand these documents themselves. I'm not saying that they have bad intentions. They're trying to deceive the the dentist into thinking they're getting something they don't. But it's very complicated to, to, to pour through these documents. So a lot of times these people don't understand what they're even being offered. And, and I want to show, I'm going to jump in because maybe part of my job, Rob, throughout our podcast time is to kind of dentistify some of this. And, you know, I can start to talk some language that confuses you, but won't confuse our listeners. If you came to me and said, hey, Paul, here's this treatment plan that I got that has, you know, 27 spots of arrest in. And it says here that there's like a $20 fee for Peridex rinse and all these things. And you say, Paul, what are they trying to do here? I'd say, they're trying to rip you off, Rob. I'm like, I'm a dentist. Like, they're trying to rip you off. Like, are you sure? Because it says all of these things. I say, yes, I can tell you, Rob, that this is outlandish what they put down here. Now, I'm not saying all these these documents look like this, but if you could just take one minute and say, you know, what are these contracts, agreements, discussions, what are they like look like to the dentist? Someone's listening saying, oh, geez, I have one of these on my table. Mm-hmm. Are they, mm-hmm. hey, you can buy in a certain amount of shares? Like, if you just take a minute and explain that to us. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're not understandable to, <laughs> to the lay person. I'll just flat out tell you yeah. that, you know, and it's really that, you know, they don't, you know, it's not like you own a partnership interest like you and Jeff are 50-50. It would be that you and Jeff own this your respective interest, and then you had this other class C <laughs> ownership interest for certain other people, gotcha. right? Yeah. And so that class C interest doesn't have voting rights, or that class C interest, you can't sell that class C interest unless somebody else consents to that. Like there's all these things that, you know, uh, you know, cha- you know, restrictions and other sort of strings that come attached to those to those gotcha. interests. So it's not it's not like this. Hey, we're partners. We're partners. Your partner. We're all the same. <laughs> no, everybody's not created equally in this this DSO partnership. Not surprisingly, and so a lot of times, you know, you know, what is it that you're you're getting a partnership interest in? You know, what if you're buying into this right. partnership? Um, what is it worth? You know, and you can look and see that the practice is grossing a certain amount of money, or maybe it's making a certain amount of profit, but you may not be receiving any right. of that. You know, and as somebody that doesn't have the ability to just sell that interest, any 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 stock or any interest in a business that can't be easily sold is not as valuable. Right. right? That's and, a great point. And that's that's, you know, anytime there's a restriction, there's a discount generally when you're valuing that interest that can't just easily be sold. So it's not like you have stock in Google and one day you decide that you want to sell your stock in DSO to somebody else and there's a liquid market for that. No, you may decide that you want out and may find that you can't leave. And there's probably, you know, we just talked about it. So there's two problems, right? You can buy this giant plate of nachos. I say, Rob, you could buy these three chips. You know, one, can you ever take the chips off the plate to sell them? Right. And even if you could, would anybody want them? Right. 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 Like, right. like someone's like, I got these three chips from Dr. Nacho's giant plate of chips. I go, good for you, Rob. I don't want them. Right. But, you know? Right. But somebody <laughs> told me that they're worth right. X. Yeah, but they're not worth anything if nobody yeah. wants to pay it or if you can't sell it to somebody for that. Yeah. So it's not like you just can go out and say, yeah, you want to buy my stock in this this one office of this greater, right. larger DSO, like you can't, you can't do it. So 
Um, it, what ends up happening in that situation is that it can be very difficult to transition. It can be very difficult to leave. And you know, the, you're borrowing money in some cases to buy this partnership. So it's, it's truly, you are, you are chained to this and, practice. And uh, the spoiled guac on top, not the good guac on top, the spoiled guac on top. And I might be jumping out of your thought process, but you were, as a dentist, you were saying things that were really resonating. So I know with our listeners, you know, you're shackled to the practice, these things, and then you may have restrictions on where you can practice. With yeah, them, right? big, big <laughs> non-competes oftentimes, <laughs> right. right? Or in non-solicitations, any kind of restrictive covenant. And so uh, it may not be easy to leave, you know, from a business standpoint, from a legal standpoint, and then where you can actually go to may be greatly restricted. And, and I'll add in, Rob, you know, uh, if Jeff and I are partners, we have equal access to the financials of the practice. And but, you know, sometimes it's actually difficult to determine the profit of a practice, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's not that easy. You know, you have to right. look at it in a very mm -hmm. purposeful way, even when you're 50 50 owners. So when they say, oh, you're going to get this amount of the profit, is anyone ever going to show you what the profit is? If they say there's no profit, how are you going to fight them? Right? Well, it's difficult. You know, right? you say it seems busy here, but you don't know that they've done 14 things behind the scenes to have a loss for the year, right? Well, not to mention there's a management agreement <laughs> right, with yeah. that practice and the bigger DSL. Is there, are they leaving any yeah. profit into the practice? You so know? if you can't look at the financials to determine there's a profit, you may, they may just say, hey, there's no profit for you this year, which I imagine happens relatively frequently as they, you know, you know, I think that's what I'm trying to sort of reverse engineer. You're an associate working at a DSO. You've been successful there. They like you and they say, hey, guess what? You can buy into this thing and you're going to get this. You know, I think, I think to me, Rob, as in dentist speak, is they're thinking of it as being treated special and that they're going to get this sort of bonus for the work they're doing anyway. Right. Well, it <laughs> seems like on, you know, on its face, seems like a good idea. This is a big profitable company and I'm going to be a partner in that. So just because, you know, just by virtue of the fact that I'm a partner in this good thing must be good for me, right? Not necessarily. And I, and I actually want to share, you might, and they might just be re repeating a few of the things, but why does why do you think the DSOs want these dentists to even do this thing? Well, I mean, because it's it's the ultimate in stickiness, gotcha. right? If you want to retain associates, I mean, we refer to these sometimes as the Hotel California deals, right? <laughs> you know, you can yeah. check out anytime you want, but you, you can never leave. Uh, you know, it, it makes it very difficult. This is yeah. where you're getting people. They've got their now. They've they've put money in here. They've got these you know, restrictive covenants in the in the operating agreement or whatever the controlling document is. It's very difficult for these dentists to leave. And guess what? You know, DSOs need dentists need dentists to stay on. And so, what better way to to keep them basically imprisoned in the practice than to make them a partner? Yeah. You know, and you know, and. I think you know there may be some money to distribute that, so and that's part of it. And so, but it can be tricky to evaluate this. This is not like, hey, we're doing a uh, a buy-in and let's get you know Duckin and Lad to look at yeah, this and yeah. give us a, a a cash flow projection and tell us what it's going to look like. There's just so much hair on these things; right. it's hard to see like how much money you're going to make. But here's the other kicker: that when it comes time to sell your interest, guess who decides what it's worth? The DSO, right? <laughs> it's in their in their reasonable judgment. They'll tell you what they think it's worth. You know, like it's not like you can go out and there's a market for this, or you go get it, an appraisal or a practice valuation and say this is what this is worth. No, no, 
they tell you so what this is the, the nacho nuts thing here and i know we won't talk in absolutes you know and i appreciate you saying not necessarily at the last episode and not instead of it depends <laughs> but i mean just walk me through this like when you do get a chance to look at this with a dentist they pass most of the time because of its complexity because of they're not enough upside because you show them that this could get rolled over in perpetuity and you mm -hmm. never really get anything these are the things that cause yeah. the hey no the not nah, thanks part no thanks yeah and i want to talk about that rollover thing in a yeah. minute because that's a big one too yeah exactly because they come into it you know just thinking hey this is awesome i'm going to be a partner in this thriving business but then what is actually what they're actually purchasing here and what they're actually getting is something very different from what their expectation was yeah. and i think and I look, I don't blame people for for thinking that a partnership's a partnership, right? Yeah. You know, but um, you know, it's in the legal world, you know, that uh it that doesn't necessarily carry any weight. It matters what's what's actually in the substance, you know. And so to to that, I'll just tell you, you know, funny aside, you know, years ago we were working on a deal with a sophisticated counsel in New York. And I remember joking around with uh, the client who's, you know, an old lawyer buddy of mine who used to work together, who was, you know, not really practicing law, but still uh, you know, involved in the business and obviously still a really good lawyer. And we we're just laughing like this person took, I can't remember what the word is, but it was a, a term that was just had just, it was intuitive what it meant. And they re they defined it in such a way that it it meant the exact opposite of the of the definition of that word, you yeah. know, and so I think, you know, that is important to kind of keep in mind just overall with these things is just because you are becoming a partner, that doesn't mean anything, right. you know, with these things. You know, it's it's like the devil is in the detail, and you know, when we talk about the rollover stuff, that's another thing. Like, what is your exit strategy with this overall? You know, if it's hey, when I want to when I want to leave this practice. Who am I going to sell my interest to? Do I sell it back to the DSO? Do I have to go find another doctor yeah. for them to replace me? Because now you just made yourself into this like this, you know, dental associate headhunter, right? right? <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's like you know, bringing. It's like I always a, find that's like a tough replacement one too. It's like, yeah. do you want the job I don't want anymore? Right? Why? You know, when it was, if I made my associate do that, I'm just the director. She was going to Perio, so she could say, "Hey, I'm going to be a periodontist, but this was a good job." That story makes sense, right? Right. Right. I don't want this job anymore. Why? just don't want it. Well, now you have to dig, you know? Bring them into some of this bad situation. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's trying to sell like some bad subscription. So it's like <laughs> yeah. a pyramid scheme, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Where you're going to go to your buddy and yeah. like, buy <laughs> yeah. me out of this rotten thing, nudge, yeah. nudge, wink, wink. Um, or the other exit strategy could be, and this is this is something that's offered up a lot. Hey, when we sell, we recapitalize. You're going to make a yeah. lot of money. I mean, we messed my joke. I was going to say, oh, man, Rob, you, you are ahead of me. I was going to say, I want to sound smart. I'm going to get rich at the next recap. That's mm -hmm. all I want to I'm going to get rich at the next recap. What's that. a recap? Right. I don't know. I'm going to get rich at the next recap. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sign me up. Yeah, I'm going to get rich at yeah. a recap too. What's a recap? No idea. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, a recap for people who are listening is when the DSO goes out and they they get money, additional money from somebody else, basically another lender or another financial source that makes this, it's essentially, it's an internal sale, so yeah. to speak, for lack of a better description. I'm oversimplifying this, yeah. but it's when you know somebody else comes along with more money yeah. and puts this in and grows it and, and put, plants a seed to grow it more. And so at that time, there's a change in ownership. And that's sort of like an event where, hey, we've now determined that 
what used to be worth $10 million as an enterprise is now worth $40 million, yeah. right? So, you know, $30 million has been made here. Well, that doesn't put money in your pocket, right? You right. St- you know, now you just have stock in this other thing that still doesn't have a market, right? So it keeps rolling yeah. over. So the fact that these deals have been done, you may have on paper, right. you may have something that's now worth $2 million, but you can't sell it to anybody. And, and one of the things I want to jump in, you, you've done a good job outlining this, but just as the dentist part is like, there's when dentists are asked to do this, in my experience, they have a lot of life left in their career where they could do a lot of other interesting things. And they're sometimes just getting off the path to the other interesting things, right? Like, I'm not, maybe you know this world more than you. So maybe they are asking 53-year-olds to do this, but the people that I'm getting are kind of like newish associates that they want to keep there. And I go, you could buy your own practice. You could talk to ideal practice and start up your own practice. You could do this. So like, why are you getting off this interesting world? Like, just be a highly paid associate. Yeah. Right? Just, just say, no, thanks. I want to be a highly paid associate. Yeah. This is not practice ownership yeah. in, in any shape or form. You know, again, it may be couched as that. It may have a label that suggests that it is not yeah. in any shape or form. And um, and that's it's a difficult thing for, for people to uh, to see through that, for sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, your your point is, you know, we talked in the last episode about definitely get an attorney when you're doing, they buy in for both sides. This is like, don't sign something without someone explaining it to you and saying, here's what this looks like when you sign it. You know, I mean, I, I it's poignant to me. I want dentists to do well, Rob. I want to run dental nachos and hopefully create all this great responsible information. I want the dental amigos too, but sometimes like we cannot put that toothpaste back in the tube, right? No, and they, no. it's poignant when I get a message saying, I got these shares for a three letter DSO, right? Or, you know, the mm-hmm. XYZ DSO. And what do you think we should do with them? And it's, you know, what do you think I can do with them? Can an attorney help me? And I think, you know, sometimes it's too late to really make a meaningful difference. Yeah, I mean, these the people that are putting these agreements together are not doing it to make it better for the associate buying in. I can tell you that. They're not leaving loopholes or opportunities there by by any stretch. In fact, there's one that in addition to uh, having the the, the financial risk and this uh, owning this illiquid interest, they have to actually personally guarantee the debts of that practice oh, to the parent, right? So, I mean, if this is starting to sound like, you know, big brother kind of stuff yeah. or oppressive, you know, between the, the the restrictive covenant, the fact that money has been put in and can't easily be taken out, now you are personally guaranteeing this sort of internal corporate debt between yeah. this one office and the parent company so that if anything crazy happens or you do something, quote unquote, stupid and try to uh, unmoor this practice or do something that's detrimental, well, then guess what? There's a personal guarantee there and we're going to come after you personally. Yeah, you know? right. and, Crazy. and so um, there are so many of these things that, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't possibly expect a dentist to read these and understand them themselves. And so the, to answer your question from several minutes ago now, Paul, yeah, people, once they realize generally what it is they're getting and not getting, and they hear this, they usually have second thoughts. Yeah. And we're, we don't come into it trying to talk them out of it. That's not our business, obviously, but it is our business to advise people. I mean, people I think as you know, to so you're have. making them aware of what they would be signing if they do it. And that's why you need someone who really, like, you know, it's kind of this theme. Go to people who do this every day to make sure you're making a decision for your career that's way more impactful than which lab to use, way more impactful than which C course to take. These are career-defining decisions that can really just 
influence the next step in your career in a way that can be problematic if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we absolutely encourage people to get these agreements carefully reviewed. Um, do not fall into the false sense of security that everybody else has signed it. There's plenty of other yeah. people who have signed it. Don't listen to what the recruiter's telling you. These things say you need to work with uh, a CPA to yeah. give you a cash flow projection that when you pay X in, this is what you can expect to receive. And if your CPA can't give you a straight answer because there's not enough transparency, might be a good idea to reconsider. Same thing, work with a lawyer, understand what your your rights and obligations yeah. are, uh, what it's gonna look like to transition out of this practice. I mean, the other thing too that we see, a lot of times people are, they invest in these, these practices and they are quote unquote partners and they have employment agreements that they can be terminated without right. cause on 30 <laughs> yeah. days notice, yeah. right? So these are the things that you have to work with a lawyer and, and to, to help you to understand what you're getting involved in. And if I will tell people, and, and you don't have to work with with my law firm, uh, but you know whoever you're working with, you you have you you can't sidestep this cost. You can't if you can't afford to pay a CPA and a lawyer to review these deals, then you shouldn't do the deal. Yeah, I, I, I that's such a good point. I said that to someone, and they sort of said, I said that just to the dentist there say if you cannot afford investing in the advice that you need. You can't invest it in forward investing in this. And it's tough love sometimes, but it's it's important. And I just want to share before we finish up, because maybe this will be, you know, historical. There is a company that tried to convince people they could do their own orthodontics at home. And right now, that company is not doing well, right? Right now, it's not doing well because people are like, hey, you can't do it. And us dentists, sometimes when we would say to patients, go to a dentist, it's like, you don't have to go to me as a dentist. Please just go to a dentist if you're going to move the teeth yeah, around inside right. of your head. Yeah. So what you're saying is, please go to an attorney. Yes. That doesn't have to be me. Please go to somebody because yes. I care about you. You know, yeah. I have no true self-interest in a patient in Omaha, but I right. hope that they go to a dentist in Omaha yeah. and say, don't move the teeth around in your head by yourself. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's a good, <laughs> we'll leave it on that, Paul. Yeah, perfect. Because you know, that's, uh, that's good advice to everybody. And so um, thanks everyone for tuning in. And uh, as always, if you like the show, give us a good review on, uh, on Apple or Google or wherever you're listening to our podcast. And we hope you tune in again next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another great podcast with The Dental Amigos. And don't forget to tune in next time to have the dental business demystified. If you're looking for more information about today's podcast, you can find it on the dentalamigos.com. If you're looking for Paul, you can find Paul at drpaulgoodman.com. And if you're looking for Rob, you can find him at yourdentallawyer.com. This podcast has been sponsored by Orange Line Media Group, helping dentists and other professionals create content people love. Find out how we can help you take your business to the next level at www.orangelinemg.com. Till next time.